Good evening, everybody. Episode, what are we up to? 74, 1974, the year before I was born. Uh, Wednesday, the 8th of June. Um, so what's been happening? It's an interesting question because there's a lot and there's very little at the same time. So in Melbourne, Demon's World, uh, we're starting to spiral. What's going on? Back from the snow, um, another loss to the Sydney Swans. Um, to be expected, I actually thought myself. I'm not sure what all the fuss is about. But anyway, we've had a big week, and they say a week's a long time in football. So let's have a chat to the boys and see what's been going on. Righto, cuz. Tell us how it is, mate. <laughs> mate, there hasn't been a lot going on, but as you did say, there seems to be a lot going on. The beautiful thing about living in Melbourne sporting capital of our country and in our in our world we think it's a sporting capital of the world on a day when the interest rates have gone up and that will affect thousands of people the first thing they talk about is a punch on between two melbourne footballers so that's an indication of what's important <laughs> in melbourne's world i'm sure when lovey comes on we'll discuss that a fair bit mate like a lot of people at the moment i'm suffering terribly from the flu man flu and being a, a brave soldier i am I am fighting on, but I'll touch on it a bit later in the Cousins Classic, mate. We'll go into a bit more detail then. Good week, though. Midweek, hump day, as they say. Big state of origin game going on as we as we speak between the Maroons and the Blues. Having checked the score, so I won't be a spoiler alert. Love to see the Maroons get up, but they've become, I suppose, the underdog a bit now with um, New South Wales becoming the I suppose, the more informed side in recent times. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. But a lot to discuss, yeah. as you said, mate. All I'd say to you is hang in there because the dream yep. team of coaches has arrived. <laughs> it's gonna change. The time's going to change. Times are changing. Speaking of times are changing, here he is, Alan Love. How are you, Lovey? Good, mate. Uh, so, Glenn... You're essentially calling yourself a warrior because you're battling through the man flu, mate. Is that, is that what you're calling yourself there? You're a survivor. Mate, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't, I would, I would rather you sit 100 feet behind me when I'm going into war. Sounds like to me, you would let go of my hand pretty bloody quick if we went over the trench. You'd, uh, mere whiff of dirt stuck in your eye, you'd be crying out for the pretty little nurse with the red, red cross on saying, hey, 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 help me. Mate, it's man flu. We'll get it. In fact, I haven't had it for so long because you know why, cuz? I look after myself. You need to start looking after yourself, starting with a brand-new wardrobe. What did you do? What's happening in the background there? Did you blow up your own wardrobe or something? All I can see there, I can't work out if you're going to be a lawn bowler, uh, a, a, a cricket player in the middle of June. Good luck with that. And I'm still trying to work out what's behind the sheets. I'm going to release that at Podcast 75, by the way. The responses I've received to what's behind your sheet is astounding, to say the least. Um, apart from that, things are going all right. Things aren't too bad. Uh, had a car accident last Saturday trying to get from the footy football to netball and back to football, and uh, I have no car for two weeks. So if anyone knows of a very cheap um, car hire place, uh, let me know. Uh, the only thing I'd draw the line at is something before 1990. That's it. Um, but, yeah, good to be back on again. 74. Two years before I was born, as so I've got you. Um, 
Um, Cuz was about 25 by then, so that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> apart from that, all good. Chortle, chortle, chortle. Thanks, Al. So good to see you get your, got your rant out the way early, mate. So you're done for the night now? No, I'm that's not. Um, I, that, on that point, uh, when, I, when I officially lose it on this podcast, when Aaron allows me to unlo- uh, lose it, uh, interest rates are the least of our worries, of which I will smash between the eyes. Right, love has uh, come beautifully in on the long run, and hasn't missed anyone on his on his uh, intro in. So, well, you didn't really uh, address me, though, Lovey. So I'm pretty proud that. Uh, oh, know, there's plenty for you in the next hour. You're, you're saving there's it. Plenty, there's plenty for you in the next hour. Trust me. I'm Righto. tipping you my cop a bit, mate, or the side that you support my cop a little bit. Right. Um, tonight we're going to release the discussion about. 1974 was the release of the electric Jaffaline, which changed changed our world. Um, given that I was born the next year, I never knew anything other than. But it was uh, I did come across the old clamp style one that you put in the fire too many years later, which I absolutely still love. So, all right, let's get into it. Um, let's play our famous number 74s to kick off. 74. It was a big year. Uh, so much happened. I had to just jam a fair bit in there. But who would have thought the post-it note was was invented in '74, still around? Yeah. I'd hate to think how many little post-it notes we've uh, we've sold over the years. Or I would love a, a cent for every post-it note. Yeah, it's one of those, Glenn. Yeah, that's right. It's good. Is that mm-hmm. from 1974? That one, mate. <laughs> the original colour too. It is. It is. <laughs> No pun intended, but Jody used it, and it's it's one of those silly inventions that is so practical, and everybody at some stage has used. Sure have. Yeah, uh, I, I was. Go, mate. Uh, the Rubik's cube as well. Um, seen many a household the old Rubik's cube for sure. Who's uh, there's a lot of. A lot of muscle cars were, were obviously the might have been the start of the muscle car era back in '74. And was that the first of a Celica? It must have been pretty close. Nice so Possibly, yeah. Yep. yep. Um, never finished the Rubik's cube. Never have. I, I, as I said, everyone knows I've got the temperament that probably doesn't last that long with something like that, um, or the patience. Um, but the other thing I was struck by is that Glenn West still half of the stuff that was on that montage. It was um, magnificent. Beautiful. Even the hairpiece, Cuz. You've, um, you've tied it. <laughs> Take off your cap, mate. No, Lovey and Take I, I Lovey and I have uh, given up on the hairpieces, that's for sure. Um, and one last thing that was invented then, well, two things that, that stood out for me was the invention of the barcode. Hasn't that changed our life? Yeah. And turned in obviously the QR code later on, but the barcode's still very much uh, a piece of today. So hard to believe it was 1974. That was first. Did you have, have any of um, Richard Nixon in there? There was a Richard Nixon in there. Yeah, okay. That's fine. I, I must have missed it. The biggest political scandal of all time, I'd suggest. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I will resign my <laughs> What Tricky Dicky, but the thing with Tricky Dicky, just touching on him for a minute, he, similar to Joe Biden and him coming in after Trump, 
Biden's been around, some may say, like a bad smell for a long time. Richard Nixon was the same. He's, he's sort of first contested the presidentship, for want of a better word, back in 1960. He was running against, there was a photo of JFK and the um, montage that has put up before. So Nixon was, he wasn't liked when he lost in previous attempts. And then when he got in, <laughs> we all know how well that went with the famous Watergate Hotel. And I, I still think that's, that's my favourite scenes out of the Forrest Gump movie. <laughs> <laughs> when, oh, when, when, when Foster's goes, excuse me, there's there's a light on the hotel. I think someone left the light on. Like just, and you just said, lovely. One of the most oh, amazing things in the world's political history. I think he was. I think he was portrayed brilliantly in Point Break, nineteen ninety two version. <laughs> <laughs> the yes. last time. Yeah. That's my favourite version of Ricky. Tricky, yeah. tricky Nixon. Tricky Dicky. Yeah, and the other thing yeah. that came out of 74 was the first time the Heimlich manoeuvre was brought into yes. reality um, in a method to stop choking. Um, yep. So we might. Uh, you ever done it? No, I haven't had, actually have had to do it, thank God. But I think Cuz has earned himself a new nickname with the Heimlich, being a choker that he is. So <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. Um, now, well, I, I like on, that. I like that. Drop the bomb, then move on. No, thank you. No right of apply. No, That's no okay. chance to reply. Beautiful. It's okay. Yeah. The drive-by. The drive-by. I love it. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of how it works, doesn't it? Yeah. Relax. Okay, we don't talk. We don't talk to one another. Right? It's okay. <laughs> it's not okay. In fact, Ray, it's not okay. I've decided it's not okay at all. Bring back Ray. How far away is Ray? He's got to be soon back. Back. Surely. All right. Um, one one I wanted to touch on with you guys that uh, I'm sure you will know about, if you don't know oh, about this one, the Battle of Windy Hill. Um, classic brawl between Richmond and, uh, the, and Richmond and the Bombers, which was absolutely crazy, including uh, a little six-year-old in the crowd there that was getting uh, right in the middle of the blue. Um, which is very interesting. So it was a halftime special, I think, from memory, boys. What yeah. do you know hey, about Cars. the the blue? Cars, what are your recollections of that as, an, as a young oh, I was only four. And look, I reckon Dad's probably started taking me to the footy maybe maybe that year or the year after. I can't remember being at the game. I remember talking to Dad about it. And the funny thing about it was Max Hunt was playing for Richmond at the time, I'm pretty sure. And Barry Grinch, who played for Richmond, they're both coppers. But obviously, they're normal jobs. And back then, they were footy part-time and had sort of full-time jobs. Just hilarious. Like, some pretty famous names. Graham Richmond, who was a, an icon of Richmond, was involved. Punch on. Um, I think Ian Stewart, who was Brownlow Mellist at St. Kilda Richmond. But, yeah, the funniest thing is when you speak to people about it, is that this, this, how does a six-year-old kid just wander on the, <laughs> on the ground in the middle of a melee? And if you look at that picture again, as if you pop it up again, when you see photos of the kid, no one's caring about the kid. The kid's just, well, yeah, <laughs> normal Saturday afternoon. Just out there for an autograph. Yeah. Um, funny. Here's, a fun, here's a fun fact. My favourite... Uh, Favorite local football coach I played under of all time in my career was 
a guy called Stephen Parsons. Now he was a, he was a young seven year old Richmond footballer in that particular um, scenario, and uh, he started the whole thing. I think as a seventeen eighteen year old kid, and when you watch the video back of the whole thing, um, you see he started, and then in the bottom left. It is Grinter from Essence literally chasing him out of shot away from the whole thing. And the two of them went hammer and tong anyway. But um, it's not something he's proud of. It's interesting because I spoke to him years, years later you know, when I was under his wing and great man, um, loved his footy, coached really well, very hard man, um, as you can appreciate. But... It's, it, he's, it's not something he's proud of, and he, he reckons both sides are probably – it's not something they like to actually recall too much. Um, even even um, Big Mel Brown never really liked the way he was portrayed in that whole thing. And, um, yeah, it was, I, I, I think that was probably one of the worst – probably one of the worst brawls you'll see ever in football. Yeah, scary part is, you know, you had kids, a kid out there, officials out there, as Sam uh, quickly touches on, uh, get out of here, Sammy. Sorry to hear about uh, the trials and tribulations you're experiencing at the moment. Um, get well, Marnie, who's uh, finally come down with the dreaded COVID. Um, so a little bit of turmoil in your house this week. Um, but he does, um, he'll be back. Don't you worry. Sam's back, ready to be ready to roll in the next few weeks. And just a shout out to Gooch is doing a bit he'll of travelling and he's over in New <laughs> He's doing about seven cities in oh. six days or something crazy like that, six cities in seven days. Um, and he's obviously tuned in to State of Origin time as well. Loves his uh, – well, he's he's actually still torn between to pick up AFL or to pick up NRL So um, as a second favourite sport. So we'll have to convince him one way or another. The, the interesting uh, thing with that uh, – with that, just okay, Last shout out to Robert Wine, who's always jumped on and says good day to us. Um, I think he's got you've still got him covered, um, cuz a couple of years just before Robert. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Berkey's also very impressed that uh, you started with a bang, lovey. So it's good <laughs> to hear. Good to hear. All right, boys. Sorry, uh, what were we going to say? Oh, Alice? just with that, um, going back to that ball, there's some really Absolute, what we now call champions of the game were sort of playing in that game. Like, I think Gary Folds had just begun his career at Essendon. Um, Tuddenham was coaching Simon Essendon Madden. at the time. Simon Madden. Simon Madden, like, and then from Richmond, like, Richmond were a powerhouse. Like, like they won, I think, 74, 75, won back-to-back, sorry, 73, 74, won back-to-back flags. So, to, as Lovey said, like, Different times as to compare it to today, but Richmond were the real powerhouse, whereas Essendon were probably in a, in terms of success, or sort of a dark area. Like they, they, they would often go okay at home against the top sides, but barely, very rarely made finals. If they did, it was elimination finals and often went out in straight sets. Yep. And don't forget another great bomber, Kenny Fletcher. He was out there too. Yes, mate. he so, was. Um, there have been some great bomber names over time, great tiger names uh, that have all gone on and um, we've seen through the media over years. We've grown up and that's how I kind of met or saw some of these guys um, and then went back and saw some of their career and watched it on, on TV. And it was a very different game back then, as we know. 
Um, Actually, the funniest the funniest excerpt I ever heard from that was Mel Brown, and he spoke about KB, and he reckons KB as soon as the fire started, KB already sucked down the cordials and the lemonades in the in the in the change rooms by the time we got in there. He had nothing to do with it. He didn't want any part of it. KB straight in there and had everyone's uh, and had everyone's drinks on their behalf. It's hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Eddie Zamet pretty Eddie, still yeah. pretty keen on the Tigers, mate. So don't worry, Eddie. Oh, as you know, mate, they're back. So I think Eddie's, Eddie's come out of the woodwork now again now that the Tigers are back. So good to have you on, Ed. Queensland 6-4 right. up. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Thanks, mate. Disclaimer. Okay. But Thank just you. on that, just on that now that you've busted that little egg open. Um, great news. Great news. Great start. We all like a good start. Um, a good fast start. I watched the first couple of minutes of the game and it was really Really high energy, which was really interesting. So, is is I'm interested to hear if uh, if Yo is still on after he took a big hit in the first minute um, and was yes. dazed very much so. So, Fine. Kerry, I'm sure will take a keen interest in that um, with Yo having a decent hit, being a concussion uh, man and part of stop concussions. I'm sure he'd be concerned about uh, how to leave. Those guys out there at that kind of time, without he didn't even come off for a HIA head assessment or anything. It was just kind of kept going. So, dare well, say, it's uh, interesting. Before we on. jumped on, before we jumped on, it's interesting. Sorry, Cuz, uh, not Cuz. As um, Andrew Johns made the comment, he stumbled. Shouldn't he be off straight away and not come back on? Yeah. yeah. So there's obviously a protocol involved, and the fact he stumbled, um, yeah, they're suggesting he shouldn't be on at all. So, uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if there's not a little bit to hear out of that story um, right yep. now because they're pretty, as they rightfully should be, uh, they're pretty brutal on it now. Um, the second anyone's got a little concern, they're straight off. So origin Especially time is a little bit different, as we've always known, um, but origin's really changed now. It's become a game of skill and not a game of bust-ups and fights. So um, it's very much changed. And speaking of... Great nights and associated with footy. Uh, just to touch on this Thursday night while we've got it fresh um, at Brunswick Ballroom to celebrate the re-commencement of the Community Cup. Um, there's a pie night, old-fashioned 4-20 and 20 pie night at the Brunswick Ballroom. And there's going to be a couple of bands playing there. Casanovas are playing. So if you can ever get there on a Thursday night, um, you're in for a massive treat with one of Melbourne's greatest. All right. Um, boys, I think we're going to kick to one of the things that happened during this week, and it's a concerning one, fair to say. Um, let's roll the tape and then we'll talk about it. It comes through me. Oh, Zach's trying to go the headbutt in there, I think, and another little headbutt there from Ailey Smith. I'm not sure whether it made contact or not, but there was a couple either way. Now, Bailey Smith has been reported here. Can I just say to start this off, and then I'm sure, Lovey, you've got a, a nice little warm-up ready to go on this one. Um, so I'm not sure if this was part of your 
um, loses it segment. But let's just touch on how um, influential that young man is right now on the kids watching the game. Um, fair to say it was a massive brain fade. The question is, did it look worse with the flick back of the mullet hair or was there something that else that provoked this? I'm just really interested in you, you both your boys' reaction and what kind of look that is on the game. Let's go with Lovey. Uh, provocation or not should never have happened, not in 2022. Um, you know, we just spoke about how state of origins changed in its concept and it's gone from skill and speed away from brute mentality and and the like. Um, he shouldn't, it just shouldn't have happened. Uh, he admits it. The problem I have is it was only two weeks. Now, there was clear contact made as opposed to last week where contact with Buddy and Cottrell was debatable. This one was absolute. Um, now, we, we, don't condone punches. We don't condone anything else for very, for very, very good reasons. Now, the AFL had a really good opportunity this week to really clamp down on this particular activity. Now, albeit it's the first headbutt I've seen in the AFL for a number of years. But it happened. Um, and either battle or not, there's better ways of going about that. Um, so for me, just... Just should not have occurred. Does it does it impact kids away from football from that? Does it does it motivate the kids to go out and do the same? Well, I hope not. Especially if your tribunal local is doing the right thing as well, and you get a four week suspension for it, as you should. Um, but let, 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 let's forget about the the whole role model thing for a second. And I get that it doesn't look great on TV, and you know there's this notion it's going to influence kids to go out and do the same thing. Maybe, but. You know, that, that, that these kids have also got their own football clubs that surround them and make sure that they do the right thing. But most importantly, in the same way, anything else that happens, the behaviour of a kid always starts at home. So if your mum and dad tell you that's not the right thing to do, follow their advice. If your own local footy club tells you that is not the right thing to do, I think there's enough people, I think there's enough numbers around that, that for any kid over the age of, say, 14, 15 onwards up to adults, you know that's not the right thing to do. So Bailey Smith did the wrong thing. Should he be, you know, criticised in the socials about being an influence on kids and all the rest of it? Maybe 5%, but not the bullshit that kids are being paraded out every time something happens. Um, everything always starts locally within your own community and your own home. That's it. Yeah, look, I, I tend to agree with you, Lovey. I think the AFL had an opportunity to to back up their talk with the action that, look, there wasn't not a severe injury to... Zach Tui, but it could have been a lot worse. So it was distinct, definitive, deliberate action to me, as you said, four weeks. Well, two weeks for stupidity and two weeks for there's no need to do it. It wasn't a football act. No need to do it. I'm, I'm happy with the show of strength and the push and shove. That's I'm okay with that. But to do what he did... And look, I think Bailey Smith is a, is a great player. Zach too is hard at it as well, but there's no need to do what he did. And 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 a lot of you heard a lot of people say in the media from current players, ex players, whatever. Oh, there wasn't much in it. If he hits him like that in the head and hits him on the temple, as we all know, that could be fatal. Now I know that's going to the zenith degree, but I think a headbutt is a headbutt. 
it's it's not something that should be a part of our game in any way, shape, or form. And and to your point about um, the influence that it might have on young boys and girls, men and women playing at local level, whatever, watching that, on with you. It's the apple and the tree scenario. If you are brought up that that is not acceptable in any sport, contact sport or otherwise, and if you choose to do that, well, then you will suffer or you have to be prepared to suffer the consequences of making that choice. And I think, unfortunately, I don't think Bailey Smith's a dirty player. I think he had a brain fade, but I think the two weeks, I think he got off pretty lightly. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's leave that one there. Um, the, only other thing, the only other thing I found offensive in that one is, um, and this this happens a fair bit, like young blokes just forgetting where they're at. Um, and I'm being humorous here, but at the same time, Cody Waitman, you haven't had a kick all night, mate. You're coming from behind, you try and rip yeah. your shirt while getting your head butted. Mate, seriously. Guys like Cody Waitman and little tiprats like Ginevan, got to go and get out and get your kick. Granted, Ginevan's getting his three or four a game right now. He's playing like an absolute star. Credit to him. But for a guy like Cody, mate, you have not had a kick all night. Just go to the huddle, listen to your coaches, and just try and do better for your team. Don't get stuck in all that sort of rubbish because you look like a loser, big time. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, um, and I'm not sure if Davy Cosmas green lighting this or uh, <laughs> or he wants to see it. But the old Liverpool kiss, mate, um, <coughs> was me. back with a vengeance there. To talk about a brain fade, uh, there's no doubt. So I'm not even sure how he was playing or what was going on or what even sparked it. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't leave with a head, mate. Fair to say. Um, you're right, cuz. That could have easily ended up pretty ugly. Split head, hit him in the side of the temple. Anything could have happened uh, after that. So not a good look. Look, it hasn't been a great um, week, fair to say, for off-field scuffles. Um, and I know Lovey's got an opinion on a couple of things that have happened recently, but you can't get much more bad timing than Melbourne's lost its second game in a row. Um, everyone's pretty keen to kick the boots in, as we know. Um, and then we've got this happen. So, first of all, Stephen May should should have been smarter than this. Um, you're in a concussion protocol where you're supposed to be definitely not on the drink for starters. Um, that's one issue. And you've got priors for this before at Melbourne and then previous to that at the Gold Coast. So... Super disappointing for starters. Um, I think the next thing probably to cover off is you've taken on a guy that was an amateur boxer for starters, part of the team. Now, Jakey Melksham should have been smarter than that too. You just got your chance to play another game and very much were in the, I would say, was in the mix to play again this week. He's had a great game for the VFL and he really had his chance. Um, that's going to put all in that. And... I know they've both come out and said, well, mate, Stephen May, I'm not sure if uh, Jackie Malcolm agrees with this, but um, May did come out and say, mate, we're still mates. It was nothing to it. It was, a bit, it was an overreaction. It's not a good look. The next step is I've heard that Malcolm had to go and get his hand looked at through basically an infection. So you don't get an infection overnight. So that's obviously something's happened there as well. Just not a good look. And for someone like Max Gorn to have to come out and really – put out this fire as quick as he can. It showed great leadership from Max, I must admit. He spoke very well 
on the, on the whole story behind it. But not a good look. Not a good look for the game. That means a couple of weeks in a row we've had the Buddy incident, then the Bailey Smith one. Then we've had a massive event, obviously, at Eddie had with the boxing on the weekend. Um, and then this comes out over overnight. So not a good look, fair to say. And we're not really what I was... Um, expecting to wake up to as a demon supporter. So a little bit disappointing from the club's point of view, but we all move on. And as Max Gorn said, we look internally now as a club and we will all be judged now on how we react come Queen's birthday. So your opinion first, Cuz, give me your thoughts. Yeah, look, it's a tough one to have an opinion on because as we said at the start, when you put up the thing about the 74 Massive ball at Windy Hill. Football's different now, even looking either internally or externally. I think because we live in a world now that is something happens, especially to people that we watch or see all the time and in the the public spotlight, they are scrutinised to a zenith degree. They get all this education. As you said, unfortunately, Steve, I don't know, Stephen May comes across as a likeable sort of rogue, a pretty down to wheel sort of bloke. But he's got prize for this. Now, am I saying the wheels have fallen off Melbourne? Not at all. I still think you're the best side in it. But it's amazing what other sides or other people use against you. So as you said, now the the boots or the balls in their court is to how you respond. I think as a Melbourne supporter or follower, and I'm speaking sort of for Melbourne people, I'm not a Melbourne supporter, I just think silly, just silly. I don't know, stupid. Like, from what I've got garnished from different news reports and whatever, and a few people that have supposedly with, with, we saw it or whatever, I don't think, from what I can gather, without wanting to lay blame, but it seems to be more towards Stephen May that he was the, I suppose, the protagonist, for want of a better word, and um, Melsham felt he had to not so much defend himself, but defend others. That said, mate, you're not 15-year-old boys. You're grown men. You've been in the system long enough to know that actions like this have consequences, whether you're a cuz, as, or lovey. So that's the thing where I think that's probably the most disappointing thing, that with what's going on with... How we how we act and how we are expected to act in society that's probably the biggest thing. Obviously, they're footballers and they're high profile, but I think the worst thing is, as you said, watching Max Gorn tonight. Now, again, I don't know Max Gorn, but watching him have the press conference tonight or the, or the when he was he was interviewed, he wasn't happy. Like he said, they would deal with it, but I think it's something that. Yes, as captain, you come across things in your time and your stewardship as captain. But he thought, look, we've lost two games. We need to get back on the winning list. This is the last thing I want to have to deal with. Now, well, just, so me, just on that, on that yeah. cuz, uh, dealing with it for as a leadership group, which I, yeah. I believe dealt with it internally, yeah. to give that guy one week, Look, to me, without, and I don't want to sound like I'm preaching, to me, that behaviour, if you or I did it, we wouldn't get a week. There 
got to be a lot more further consequences in the week. Now, I don't know what Melbourne have done internally, apart from the obviously the suspension. But to me, as we just spoke about with the Bailey Smith thing, I think there could there could be more ramifications, or there should have been more ramifications. Now, I'm not saying that because I want I don't want to see Melbourne win. That not that at all. What we're trying to do as a society, we spoke about how the NRL are trying to improve how they how their games are played. AFL the same. To go out and do this, and then to sound blasé, I know he's probably very contrite in the way he's saying it, but to then say, oh, it's okay, mate, we're all mates now. Well, don't bullshit a bullshitter, mate. I don't think you are all mates. You have an honest conversation. Cars, you don't know that, mate. No, look, 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 we've, look, we've, look, we've, look we've, I don't. We've blown off shit in our local clubs before, mate. We're, we're not. We're not impeccable. I think I the I think the comment that was said, though, um, if there's any truth to this part, um, if you played in the grand final, we would have lost. Now, that, that's a comment. By the way, Max, Max Gorn has come out. Max Gorn has come out and said that that is categorically false. That particular comment. Yeah, I would have thought so because I mean, you come you come out and say that in jest, mate. I don't care how pissed you are. That's not enough to have started a started a, a fisty cuffs, right? Um, so there's obviously more to that, but. This whole thing's laughable. This whole thing is absolutely laughable because all we're feeding is the media and all this shit. Mm. You know, this, this is an in-house thing for the Melbourne Football Club. Keep it there. You say that Maxi Gorn showed leadership. I agree, but only to feed the media. He should, have exe- he should have just done what most people should have said and, well, it's in-house. It's for us to deal with. You can speculate what you like. I'm not making any comment on it. So shut up. What's disappointing is that he couldn't get the opportunity to talk about what he was actually there in the first place for. That is a freeze MMD campaign. Instead, they spent 35 minutes on all this shit because of the parasitic media that can't help themselves, that love a good bite, clearly lost their own heart in the process by not worrying about it and talking about the freeze MMD campaign. So you can see where this is, you can see where that was going, right? The media wanted to feed, and guess what? Once again, a club falls into it and tries to just fend it off as best they possibly can. You know what? Couldn't give a shit about what the media want. If you're properly going to deal with this in-house, deal with it in-house and keep it there. Yep. All right? If other people want to say certain things and different things, well, have a thick skin. Don't bother with it. Talk about the things you're meant to be there to talk about in the first place. So that's, yeah, to me, that's the most laughable aspect of this whole thing. Now... Come on. Can I, begin of, a can I begin with a second? On that note. I couldn't care less. Big devil's having a go for it. No, and I'm not, I'm not getting smart. Just, just say Melsham wax May. And as you said about the headbutt to Smith before. Say he hits him on the side of the temple and kills him or maims him, whatever. Who deals with it then? The Melbourne keep it in-house? Uh, the police. As it should be. Simple. If you're high, I'll knock you. I'll do it like you say. I'll be around for you. It wouldn't matter. It does not matter. It's a local football club and it's Avenal Heights. The fact of the matter is that confrontation happened. In the meantime, there's two things that can occur. First, keep feeding this, feeding this, feeding this, and, and losing all your focus. Losing the focus of what you should have been there for in the first place at the press conference, but more importantly, 
is it becomes a potential police matter. There are actual jurisdictional requirements around this. So fuck the media. Don't worry about the media and don't worry about people wanting to make commentary around the culture of a footballer. Right? It is the most laughable thing I can find in football right now. It's every single week the media tries to find something and everyone falls into it. Stop. Don't, don't worry about it. It's that simple. I think we've set our piece. Um, we're giving that to, like you said, with the media, keep it out of the media. We've probably given it way too much airtime, but I think it was important that we had a chat about it. Um, by the way, by the way, by yep. the way, your club is fine, mate. It is still fine. There's no, you know, if anything, it's probably going to provide them a new resolve. They'll get this shit together. They'll win the premiership in the second half of the year. I don't think yeah, Some really interesting things to just touch on and, and think of how the Demons are travelling compared to where other teams were. 2019, Tigers lost three games in a row and were 7-6 after 13, right? Round 13. The Eagles in 2018 were 10-1, lost three games in a row. These are teams that all won the Premiership. Tigers in 17, lost lost four games in a row and were 7-5 after round 13. And the comment at the end was, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. You know, we're a long way from September at the moment, um, and we we round the we, – we get close to the buy at a pretty good position, I would have thought. So let's see what happens this week. I, I think that – who knows? could be the spark we need, the fire in the valley to beat the pies um, when we go into the buy, and then anything can happen after that. So, um yeah, here we go. So what have we got, Lovey? Let's go with a little spoiler alert first. Spoiler alert. Bah, bah, bah. Righto. What have we got? What have we got? Hang on. We Hang got? on. Can you give us that again, mate? That was gold. No, don't do it twice, mate. Come on. What do we got? Right back. <laughs> Lovey. School up, Dale. Uh, it's half time, six to four. Okay. Um, all right. Well, Good, we get a couple more minutes to talk and then we can go and watch the second half at some point. So uh, I think we're going to run with... Um, well, I think you're on a bit of a roll, Lovey, so I think we're going to run with you, mate. So here we go with... Lovey loses it! <laughs> there we go, mate. Little visual. It's a very, last week. <coughs> it's a very interesting... That's a very interesting still shot. Thanks, Mike. Um, this one, this one will be quick. There's two topics, but it'll be really, very, very quick. Um, two weeks, I think two four, two parties ago, I think just before or just after our election, we spoke about the politicians and and how much they lie, and nothing could be more truthful than what we're finding out in the last week or so. Um, we've had an RBA that's hit families with a half a percent uh, rate today. That's on top of the 0.25 from the previous month. Um, what that says to me is either the RBA are corrupt uh, and they've allowed, well, they've allowed themselves to be corrupted by the previous government and now all of a sudden they want to bump up the rates or there's uh, there's something else that's afoot with the Labor Party. Either way, um, one thing I've learned very, very quickly in uh, Australia now from a political perspective is we clearly have no leadership anymore and I don't care what party you go to, they're only in it for themselves. Their leadership is disgraceful. Um, not, not, at, at no stage do I feel like that they're actually looking after the common person, which is their remit. They're meant to be serving us, not themselves. Um, I find it hilarious that the likes of Angus Taylor is now shadow treasurer. There's still $80 million 
well, sorry, $780 million missing from Murray-Darling Basin as one example. And then you go to Victoria and there's rorts all over the place that everyone, everyone's heard about Sludgate and the rest of it. The facts are there. They will come out. But broadly, all that says to me is I don't know who we, we can't trust anyone that's that's been given the opportunity and the, and 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 the and the responsibility of representing us both domestically and internationally. Um, everyone keeps telling me, "Oh, you've got to give Albanese a go." Oh, cool, I will. You know, that's that's what we're that's what we're about. We're, we're we're all for giving people a go. But when they when they when they do things that displace our trust with them, um, they can't expect us to keep on going back to the well with them. So. At the moment, I feel like our country is rudderless. So that's that's part one. Part two, and this is probably probably a bit more disturbing. Um, and it was a, a case in point. Oh, uh, Daisy, Daisy Pierce, wonderful pioneer for women's football, wonderful pioneer for AFL football in general. Given a role at Geelong, uh, a senior coaching role in the men's team at Geelong, um, you jump on the socials, and I, I tell you what, I felt like I was back in 1952. Uh, I really, I just don't understand. Um, and this isn't virtue. Well, you know what? If it's virtue signaling, I couldn't give a shit. Um, but the misogyny uh, across our society these days is still um, at a high level. And when we talk about domestic violence and, and the mental health issues that uh, abound with that, it's not just the men, it's the women. So what a lot of men seem to forget, and I guarantee they're probably just covering for, for their own limitations in life, both mentally and physically probably, but... Um, you know, women suffer mental health issues as well. And so when you try and put them down the way that the misogynists do, um, it, it's just debilitating to read it. And I'm I, I'm so glad that a Daisy Pierce can break through barriers. I'm so glad that we've got CEOs across Australia that can break down barriers. And as much as I hate our political system right now, I am glad that there's a lot more females that are representative, not just because of a quota, it's because there's more trust with the female population at the moment to represent us than there are the men. And there's a very strong reason for that because the men let themselves down on a regular basis. So to the boys out there and the men out there, lift your game. Um, if you've got limitations, you want to speak about them, don't, don't cuss them off to the next available person, particularly with women who are actually achieving things. There you go. We're done. Well, that was... Uh... Oh, that was uh... Great points there, Lovey. Great points there, Lovey. Let me see. Let me see. That echo. Really good, Lovey. Really good points, man. Am I, am I echoing? No, I think I am. All right, I think no, that's I all right. Could have been, I've, got the, I've got a police helicopter over my roof right now. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, look, I think, um, I think about the only good thing I've seen happen with the Albanese government right now is there's a fair few women that have been given an opportunity, fair to say. Um, and I think it's exactly to your point. Um, Daisy Pierce, from a sporting organisation point of view, is a, very much a pioneer in that space. She is in women's media as well. I think um, let's give them a crack. And, and I'm, we're all, all three of us are one for equality. And I think, um, yeah, it hasn't been an easy couple of weeks for the government, fair to say. But under as a demon supporter, hasn't been easy under Albanese. Let me tell you either with two lots of. <laughs> to start off their campaign. So not a good start for us. Hopefully something changes there. But, um, yeah, it's it's fair to say I think this is years of frustration, Lovey, that we're uh, touching on now and coming out years of COVID as well. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's concerning. So we just – the concerning part I've got is 
what other secrets are is being swept under the carpet from both political parties across the the side, and what are we really going to find out, and how much impacts it really going to have? And look, the only the, the one concern I've got is we've already got a treasurer who's blaming the previous government for things. Really, really quickly, I get it. You're two weeks in. You're outlining the things you're up against. Okay, you've got a honeymoon period of about a month, pal. You've got people that are on the breadline. You've got people under the poverty line more so than ever. Yep, not your fault. But guess what? You put your hand up to fix it. It's like a volunteer who just goes out and volunteers, does a really shit job, and then says, oh, I'm just a volunteer. Mate, even worse, charmers, you get more paid to do what you're doing, uh, find the solutions and fix it. Obviously work with everyone in the country based upon the topic at hand, but don't keep going back to previous government for the next three years, for God's sake. The last thing we need. It's just a blame mentality. We've already got it. Get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah, fair to say that was always, no matter which side of politics, they blame that for the first two to three years and then hope something else changes and, you know, before you know it, they're trying to get a second term. So, um, yeah, I uh, the sad part is politics isn't an easy game. Um, I wish we could just get better human beings involved in politics that had actually a lot better information to give and not just play the political war against each other. So, Kaz, what's your thoughts, mate, just before we move on? Look, I think that's probably the most frustrating thing is, like, I know a couple of people have gone into sort of local-level politics and they come out of it, unfortunately, jaded because they go in there, they go into the system with the the best laid plans of mice and men and for whatever reason, as you said, as they get caught up in that cycle and they come away thinking, shit, was it that hard to make a difference? And in the end, they end up just being another number and, and part of the wheel. And as you both said, look, I, I'm at the same. Look, look, I've, I've voted Labor, but again, I heard a comment the other day from the previous government saying, oh, well, we, yeah, well, that's Albanese's job now, which is true, but when you're in opposition, you're meant to give an alternative. As you said, lovely, when you're in government, you've got to live and die by the sword, so to speak. So have the balls to try to change things. But you, you watch both parties, whether it's from a state or a federal level, and you think, are you people actually acting on behalf of me and my fellow countrymen? Are you acting on behalf of yourselves? And that's probably the most frustrating thing. And just watching the news tonight, like, I'm going to be totally honest, Joe and I were sitting there just before dinner having watching the news, and we turned it off because you, you listen to the four banks like, I don't know many people have got thousands of dollars in the bank account sitting doing nothing, and they say, oh, well, it's okay. It won't happen that quick. But as it said, like, I don't know the, the amount of years, but the rate rise to go up as quick as it's done, and they reckon it's going to be another one for at least the next two years. And then one expert, one economist from one of the banks said, oh, yeah, but we're going to taper it off by 2023. There's people living on the breadline at the moment or below that. We we touched on last week in our initial discussion in relation to mental health. Um, it's scary what we're thinking about now and what we're going through. And it's not all doom and gloom. Let's not let's not go down that line. But it's concerning, and it's concerning for a lot more people than we are giving it credit for. I think is is the concern I've got, um, and a lot of people that don't fess up and say they're struggling or have trying to hope. Oh, we just got to get through this little period and it'll be okay. Um, this is a long period here, and I've already had warning shots from people much kind of older than me that say, you know, we had interest rates at 
Now, I'm not saying where that's where we're heading, but it's scary, kind of just a couple of rises, what impact that can have. Um, so I would say to you is uh, make a couple of phone calls. Call some people you haven't spoken to. Just see how they're travelling and see. Hopefully, they're staying away from these the, the bad news stories, effectively, and, and get around some good news stories and some good Good people um, to touch on. And, and yep, one of those good sure. people are the Cronin Foundation um, with Matt uh, and Robin and the great things they're doing for the Pat Cronin Foundation. So we wanted to touch on that as well, um, especially with these issues in relation to violence and one one punch and all that story. Sadly, they lost their son, Pat, um, from a one-punch attack after a pretty – could have been easily – it's the same situation as – um, we talked about before with May and Melksham. So anything can happen there. But the good part, news is, is they're trying to stop it. Let's try and rally together and stamp, out, stamp that kind of thing out. Now they are having a fundraiser ball uh, to raise money so they can continue to do some great work at local clubs and go around and talk to young kids uh, about the impact in society that that can have. So if ever you can check that out, Pat Cronin Foundation is what you're Googling to check that out. Um all right, Kaz, we're going to move on to the classic. Kaz is classic. I love it. That budget is just obviously it's an open checkbook, really. It's fantastic, mate. The work you've yeah. done with the with the graphics for both my little segment and lovies. Pretty similar to your background that you're working with there, mate. So. Exactly right. No expense spared, mate. Exactly. Right. Right. Blame the blame the RBA, mate. Um. So the classic I've gone to today, obviously, I touched on when I spoke to you guys pre-podcast today. I have the flu, which a lot of people in the country are obviously experiencing at the moment. And being a bloke, and as Lovie said, not being the hardest man going around, I'm struggling a little bit with the flu. So I, I, I went back into the archives and being, according to you, blokes born in 1955, just went back and sort of spoke about some of the old wise tales and whatever remedies that people would use for the flu or the common cold as it used to be called more so back then and as, as the diagram comes up now the graphic comes up now the old Vicks Vaporub. Vicks Vaporub was a bit like the Windex in um, my big fat Greek wedding it fixed everything I, I, I had I remember mum when I was a young child she'd rub that on my belly when I was had a cold had a stiff legs arms or whatever um, if you had a bit of a stomach ache, often you'd get that a bit with a cold, you weren't feeling the best. You had to ex um, change your diet straight away, and as you saw there on the diagram, you then had to eat either salada biscuits or premium biscuits without any butter or any Vegemite. That's all it was. You had to have a nice big bowl of soup of some description, hopefully a vegetable soup or the chicken noodle soup there from Campbell's there. You'd spent the day on the couch. You wouldn't be able to go to school. And you'd be watching afternoon television. That's that's how you got that's how you got better. It wasn't my mum and dad were pretty old school that you wouldn't go to the doctor. They they knew the better answers because their parents had passed on down to them. What are your thoughts, boys? Any sort of old fashioned remedies that your parents passed on to you, or even your grandparents, that what what you would use to sort of get yourself better and to deal with the cold or the flu? Yeah, my um. Oh, my mum swore by this particular remedy when I was a kid, and yeah, it's it's an irresponsible serving of alcohol issue back in, <laughs> in, in our day now. But 
So we used to have this remedy. Mum would put a tiny bit of gin in with some green ginger wine, some lemon, some honey, stirred in some hot water, and it was like a hot drink. So the green ginger wine and the rest of it, it made you deliberately sweat your cold out. So what would happen? You have the drink. Then you get into your flannelette pyjamas. Then you deliberately go into bed and you go, you, you, you head off to sleep. Because at the age of 10, let's face it, if you have an alcohol, you're probably passing out anyway. So anyway, it, it's, uh, that, was the, that was a hilarious remedy, but it actually worked because I can guarantee you I, had, I didn't feel like I had the flu literally hours later. I'd sweated it out, went out to the shower, and I felt a lot better than what I had. Um, the only other one I probably reckon I'd go to would be Mum reckons and it worked at Charm. You used to have cod liver oil, except in the uh, out of the out of the, out of the container, not not a tube like last was trash, but it was in the container. You put it on a big tablespoon, and once a month you had to go down some cod liver oil, and it was the most disgusting thing I reckon I still day have tasted apart from pumpkin. It was just horrific. Horrific. Yeah, on your Sotel. Appreciate One thing that my mum always did when I was younger was uh, a little bit of Panadol stirred into that strawberry jam. Um, and that was an absolute winner. I was never one. <laughs> I was never one for capsules. Never one for capsules. Or trying to take swallow capsules and all that. I remember as a young kid um, why this strawberry jam was so good. Um, it always made you feel better. And now I know the secret. The little uh, little tablet of um, Panadol crushed in. So that was that got me through. Um, but yeah, right. Um, so I tell. Suck it up, cuz. Fantastic. Right, Thank you, Sotel. We're all, part of, we're all part of the disease. Go ahead to put in front of the show. I'd just like to make a toast to you both, boys. If you could put up, I've got another photo to show there. I couldn't get hold of the Nile decongestion. I went to school with a bloke many years ago. His name was Michael. So you can imagine the sort of comments that he got as a kid. So I'll just, I'll just get rid of this for you. <laughs> and as you said, lovey, like the cod. I used to always convince that my mother and father were trying to poison me whenever they gave me cough measures because it never made me feel better. And even when you can see them now, they go, oh, yes, lime-flavoured or raspberry-flavoured. It still tastes like shit. So I'm a bit of a fan of the old <laughs> I'm a big fan of the soother. The old the old soothers, anti coals, um, those sort of things. But just talking about the flannel jammies and being warm, like you get the Vicks, have the hot bath, then you get it the Vicks, then you get the flannel jammies on. And then, because your parents are obviously trying to kill you off or burn you to death during the night, they pop you in your bed with the electric bracelet. And you, and Dad being Dad, the jeweler, good friend of the show, he'd say, whatever you do, son, don't piss yourself in bed because we wouldn't be able to get in time to save you. Oh, no. Fantastic. Oh, nice. and good luck with the cold recovery, by the way, too. Um, yeah, brought up an interesting <laughs> point. you brought up an interesting point before, Lovey, with uh, the green ginger wine. And I do have to give a quick shout out to Lukey Sinclair, um, who had a song that had those exact lines in it in relation to Green Ginger Wine, mate. So you're gonna have to really look that up. It's on Bandcamp. It's a cracking song from his old band called Raising Eagles. Um, and just I'll play it in front of my mum. While we're chatting, tell about in front of my mum next time I see her. 
while yeah. we're chatting about Luke. Uh, this Friday, Saturday night at uh, George Lane, we've got Coldines bound as support and then the Luke Sinclair set. Um, so that's a must. Get out June 11 uh, if you can get there Saturday night. It will be a cracker. It's a killer that night. So there you go, boys. That's that's the that's the class today. I, I knew, obviously, you both being that half generation younger than me, as you like to tell me. Um, but yeah, this the whole the whole cold remedies, all the the used to things we used to try, and and the, the other one that my mum still says it to me now when we get to catch up with her and even when I take the boys down, Jack and Lucas, she always says, "Oh, you need to get something. It's cold. You need to have something that sticks to your ribs. You need to get something that's going to stick to your ribs." So in the cold weather. And I'm thinking, just trying to think of that concept. Well, I'm pretty sure you eat your food, you digest it, and we all know what happens. It comes out. I'm thinking, what? I'm trying to understand the sticking to the ribs content concept. And she goes, Oh no, that's just, it's just good for you. Just good for you. Okay, mum. But it's she's eighty one. She's eighty one and going okay still. So she must must know more than me. Yeah, you just got to ask oh, yeah. him what is actually sticking to her ribs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Know, I can tell you oh, one yeah. thing that I love. I love the old Vespa rub, mate. Still love oh, it today. Mate. It was I've the best. Little, I've still got a little bottle that uh, sits in my car and give it the old smelling salts in the morning. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's a great way to get through, mate. I love it. Uh, love I, it. I had to have the. I had to have the thing. I had to stick something else up my nose. So it was. Um, I preferred the the, the nasal thing. Oh, I was never a fan of nasal thing. I was a bit like you, as it's a little bit of Vicks and then the nostrils. Like, but putting it, things it, up it my nose like back then. Sorry, mate? putting things up my nose back when I was about 18 and 20 was always a good thing. Vicks was no different. Just disclaimer, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, boys, it's time. Oh, no, <laughs> what I started the segment with was the birth of the electric Jaffa line. <laughs> yes. um, so we do have to flick through a couple of these. Um, we're going to quickly touch on a few things. But one, um, there's a few things we need to discuss in relation to, like our Dim Sim discussion that we had that got a heap of great feedback, mind you. <laughs> um, we do have to cover this off. We probably should have kicked off the show, but why not an hour in? We can start it again. Um, we're going to kick off with... Um, the texture and the bread. What what are we working with here? What do we start with? How how strong is the colour? How brown does it get? Or how cooked is it before you decide that's enough? Uh, what's the filling? Is another obviously discussion. And then it is it is it how do you cut it? Do you cut it or do you just pull it apart? And there's the old school method, which I absolutely used to love. And to me, this cries winter camping. Um, when you can have this out in front of a fire and you've pulled out a successful version of these jaffles, um, you are the king for sure. And one thing I never gave credit to was the savoury jaffle. I can't say I've even been a fan or even tried this, I must admit, but it's going to get a hiding. It's going to give it a crack soon. So there we go. um, I got a couple of comments when we posted this and one massive winner from Janine and, and also um, Hoggy, two friends of mine, um, were the spaghetti jaffle. So that was a winner for sure. So let's go, kick off with you, Lovey. What's your uh, what's your favourite jaffle filling for starters? 
my favourite chaffle filling's got to be cheese. Um, it has to be up there. Uh, and, and the thing course. is, you, you can put anything with the cheese. You can What's put anything with the cheese in it, right? Oh, tasty, straight up, proper big block, big block from Woolies, wherever you want to go. Um, plug out the Woolies, please sponsor this show. Um, I, I, I think, uh, hey, couple of slices. Yeah, pretty thick as well. I think you know to give it time to melt in, and and uh, you know. Things that stick to the ribs, Glenn, to your point earlier, I think, uh, you know, I, I reckon that a, a half of the block of cheese in two, in two toasted sandwiches does the trick. So cheese is my favourite. Cheese is my favourite. Okay, just on the cheese. Oh, we'll go with the filling first, Cuz. What's your filling? Uh, look, cheese is the good base, but I'm a bit of a fan of the old ham cheese tomato. But looking at that one you saw before, as with the whole... I can remember camping with the in-laws once. You, obviously, you've got the fire light, but it's not real light, and you bite into the whole one. Well, it's a bit like the old jam donut from last week. You soon learn that, ooh, I might just might cut it and list a little bit of the hot air out before you go in it. But ham, cheese, tomato, closely followed by baked beans in a jaffa. There's the old baked bean special. I can tell you one thing that holds a bit of heat is the old baked bean. Um, tie that into a jaffa as well. Uh, I think one thing that used to get me was definitely tomato. If you get tomato in the old ham cheese tomato, that tomato, I guarantee, is going to come out right at the wrong spot and burn the <laughs> hell out of your, your lip. Um, the baked yep. bean, as I said, mentioned before, is a drama. The spaghetti has got issues with the sauce um, flying out like the hot jam donut. So there's, there's issues all around here. Um, but you can't beat the whole straight, straight up ham and cheese, in my opinion. Um, and I was all—I was also the fan of the one that's got the cross through it, effectively like this. Um, they've got to come out like that, in my opinion, not just the straight two-piece post sandwich. Um, that was—that was too old school for me. Um, but the round one, the round one was the winner. If you ever got your hands on the round one that cut the crust off, um, that was—that yeah. was, uh, was where it's at. So bread. What's the last piece, the missing piece, or second missing piece? Um, I'm a, I was an old classic, just straight up fresh white bread for me, but it does cause an issue when you go fresh white bread is the ability to butter it uh, was next to impossible without causing a massive <laughs> hole in bread. So, um, righto, lovey, what's your bread of choice? Now that you're 40 plus, uh, how does it, what bread sits in your so, cupboard? So... Uh, and this will lead on to some further condiment conversation in the next minute or so, I presume. But uh, I actually don't mind the hot, the, uh, the multigrain. The multigrain actually holds pretty well. Uh, doesn't create holes. And uh, the texture on it, I love it. Um, and ever since I've shifted to multigrain, I've never had, um, I've never ever had uh, a spurter if you like. So my worst ever experience with baked bean sandwiches is I held it too hard. As I went to bite in, the hot the hot sauce from the baked beans one time went straight up my nose and it was just worst thing in the world. So multi-grain for me, although it's good. It's good. Yep. Look, look what, for me. what fresh white bread is, bread is beautiful, but I'm a bit the same. Multi-grain or whole meal because it – because it keeps the keeps it together. 
Like you don't want, unfortunately, you said about the tomato, like in the tomato juice, you wouldn't think tomatoes are that juicy, but when you squeeze and when it hits you on the tongue or the lips, that burn lasts a fair while. And then it, it, it takes away the enjoyment of the rest of Jaffel, regardless yeah, of what the old, feeling might be. So old, That old comment. Let's try it again. Still echoing. We will get there. Oh, uh, where's the producer? Drama. Am I looking at him? All right, try again. Do you want me to go again? Yep. Hang on. I'm trying to fix the audio. Right, uh, we've got lots of... Are you guys getting the same audio? Bounce back? Yeah, bit of bounce back. Right, uh, hit your mute buttons. Uh, it's not really working for us. All right. <laughs> No, but it's like you said, I'm all about the whole meal. Love the whole meal. And I've, I've become more whole meal and multi-grain sort of on normal sandwiches and rolls now as opposed to your old-style white bread. Like, And I think the fancier breads like your ciabatta and your Vienna, ro Vienna loaf and that sort of stuff, they're a bit too hard to get into the, the standard size jaffle maker. Have we increased our since we became one of our So I'll go for it. Eggs, bacon, mushrooms, avocado. Oh, wow. We're going to have to lose you, Robbie. Just come back in, log back in. That's very, very true. <laughs> um, Jeez, that was disastrous. What's your most extravagant Jaffle you've had, mate? Um, I don't know if this goes down as extravagant. Yep. But as far as fillings, you can't go past this. You know how you talk about burn? I, I'm laughing, mate, because we had... Oh, that's terrible. We had corned beef the other night, and as one of my mates said when I told him I was cooking corned beef, he said, any meat you have to steam normally doesn't end up quite well. And it's a bit like the old braised steak that you saw there. <laughs> it's not a word you hear, you hear used that often today. What you have for dinner? I had a bit of braised steak with my vegetables. All right, hopefully this is better. Not really. How are you, lovey? Can you? Am I getting? I'm not getting any feedback now. What about you? You hear me echoing? No. I can hear myself echoing. 
<laughs> Which is, I heard it before, talking, thinking, mm, I'm not enjoying this. No, no. You think after seventy four episodes you get it right? Good point, Robert. The class has risen once again, mate. <laughs> oh, what a disaster! Did you did just? Can we go back to Robert's comment then? Lovely, I think. What was that? Cuz is the only one not echoing. So maybe just make the show about me. Probably the best thing to do now. Cuz isn't the only one we've kicked out, so let me kick you back out. Yep. Try and get you back in, because I do want to have this quick footy chat. Yeah, all good. Okay. Apologies for that audio drama. Um, We're just going to get the boys to log back in, and hopefully things are okay. So we've only got a couple of minutes to go. Um, I think the, uh, the audio gods aren't with us at the moment. Um, but we should end up with a score check somewhere here along the way. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna see. Obviously, the jokes are starting now with uh, with the logins. Mister Echo Echo, he's back. Is this better? It's absolutely perfect. So I think it might be just something on your laptop. And we yeah, mentioned right. this that happened last time, but for some reason, when that starts and it starts going circling around, it just gets worse. So, <laughs> Cuz back on now. Cuz. Now we've got Cuz. I like your work, Alan. Very nice. Is Cuz Echo. Go, Cuz. I was just saying, love you. Echo, Echo. (laughs) Nice. Perfect. All right. I think we're back. Let's do the last couple of minutes and look at a quick score update. Queensland 16 to New South Wales 4. Now, all I can say is this is a massive upset given where things were at um, in the current standings. So all I'd say is the three dream team coaches that I called at the start of this, Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Jonathan Thurston's, look out. The game and the series is well alive. And if Queensland winning game one so far, let's not jinx this, but game one right now um, in Sydney, mind you, Fingers crossed we can hang in there. It might be lovey you touching uh, and going with Queenslander at the start in your name for this today. Me with the maroon on. Um, and Cuz, you are a Queensland boy, right? We're going with Queensland. Oh, mate, I love the Queensland boys. Yeah, uh, mate, I hate you so well. You're going to say that now we're winning anyway, so get on him, mate. Oh, no. The way that Queensland speak about Victoria, as opposed to how New South Wales speak about Victoria, pretty obvious I'd be supporting, mate. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, would New South Wales look a lot different if I had a certain Josh Adokar in it? Well, that's a very interesting point. That Sadly, not great timing. Um, and I'd love to know the reason, um, but also think about Pappenhausen not being there either. Uh, this is really interesting to see what happens game two, fair to say. So it's awesome that the series is alive uh, and it wasn't going to be a new, another New South Wales whitewash, which they were hoping for. Now, now in saying that, we had years of domination through for Queensland. So New South Wales did deserve a little bit of uh, goodness. But as uh, as people will say, what was that? 
since when did New South Wales have a bit of goodness? <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Good point. Good point. Um, let's not let's not give them too much. Hey, can I just touch on boys? And I know, look, I I'm aware of the NRL. I know you blokes followed it a fair bit closer than I do. Can we just touch on the two coaches who got their marching orders pretty six pretty quick succession this week? Now, being a, an AFL town, it didn't get touched on much down here. What were your thoughts on that? Oh, they're more ruthless than what we are here. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> yep. Jared Waitley on 360 last night goes, Robbo goes, and to his credit, Robbo said, look, I don't know much of NOL. And Jared Waitley said, basically, words that effect, he goes, no, they, um, when you're gone there, you're gone. <laughs> yeah, if any if any club can top a player mid-season too, you know it's uh, it's a ruthless game, mate. So, um <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's always been an interesting one of mine to hear about mid-season trades, and then all of a sudden, six weeks later, you can be playing in a different club. So, I think uh, that's an that's an interesting part of the game, a unique part of the game, fair to say. Um, but obviously, a coach that couldn't commit, uh, which was the Warriors coach. Um, sadly, he couldn't commit when they moved back to New Zealand. So, you know, left him real no other option. So, I don't think that one was a massive surprise. So, um, coaching his son, I think, is an interesting one. Um, obviously, with uh, with um, Penrith, so it will be interesting to see how that pans out over the years. Especially, there's other potential options of that happening at different clubs in the next couple of years. So we may have touched on it before, but back in the sort of oh, at least the sort of mid seventies, maybe a little bit later, you could transfer VFL clubs as well mid season. What are your thoughts on that? Is it too difficult now with the state of play with the AFL or is it something they should possibly look at? This needs a new podcast. This needs a different podcast, this topic, mate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All good. Oh, it's, a great, it's a great discussion and I think we should have it a bit more of a roundtable with some, with some more AFL yep. heads. Um, yep. We'll get Sammy on. We'll get a Justin Nunn on. Um, we'll get some other people that, are, that love their footy. We might even get uh, your Baggy old mate on, mate. Yep. We'll get, yep. We might try and get big shorts on and have a chat about, especially that in, in AFLW circles. So yep. put that on the list for Chase Downs, um, who we're going to talk to. So, all right, let's move to this week's AFL footy, boys. And I've changed a little bit of a change up so we can actually see it on the screen while people <laughs> looking at our beautiful faces. So it's taken me a long time to get this worked out, but we got there in the end. So this week we kick off, boys, with Thursday night football. The Tigers versus the Port Adelaide Power. What's your thoughts? Uh, if Richmond are building to something and they're feeding them with the final pickle, they win this by five, six goals. Yep. Yeah, I, I totally agree. If Richmond are the real deal, right now is the time they've got to show it against Port. Um, it is here. That's the advantage. Port aren't great here, let's first say. So, Cuz, what's your thoughts? I'm going Port for the same reason. They, they think they are the real deal, so they need to start winning games like this away from home. Simple as that. So I think Port by 15 points. Wow. Okay. I think the Tigers get them by five. It's going to be close, I reckon. I reckon Port are close enough to give them a crack. 
Um, let's see. It's all going to be a little bit weather dependent. A little bit dewy, a little bit fresh. Richmond are good, but I reckon Port are going to come home, come come with a bit of a bang, and, and Richmond are still just going to get them. So, all right, let's move to the big one. Um, now, it's a big one for a lot of reasons, but if you're an Essendon supporter, it's you're probably half in this one off, but you'd love to... You'd love to put a little little kick in the road for, for, for the Carlton Blues too because I know they're a big rival from many years ago. So if if Essendon's not travelling well, they don't want to see Carlton travelling well either. So um, what's your thoughts, Lovey? Uh, if people thought I hate politicians, I hate Carlton even more. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I really... It could be... If you make finals, as long as you beat Carlton both both times here that you played, you played them. Um, I, I, I just, you know, for our hundred and fiftieth year, I, I, I really hope we put on a good show. I think, well, I think we will. I'll back them in. I, I, I think we, um, and they don't owe the supporters anything. No one owes anyone anything in this sport. It's just a sport. But um, for the love of the club. Uh, I really hope we get up and get an upset here. So I think, you know, for our 150 year celebrations, I know Carlton couldn't think of anything better than upsetting our celebrations and all that crap. But excuse language, fuck them. We're, we're going to get up and win by eight points and really upset the top four chances too. Yep. All right. Um, Cuz, no doubt where your allegiance is with the Bombers. Let's declare that early. Everyone knows that. But yep. what's your thoughts? Oh, I think one with Lovey too. I think um, make a statement, boys. Like nothing better than obviously the chances of us making the finals are very, very remote. So let's start making up a few sides on the way home. Let's get a bit of momentum going into next, going towards the end of this year, and then building for next year. On with Lovey, I say about two goals, ten points, ten, twelve points. So let's go twelve points. Yeah, uh, I think you're right, hundred percent right. That I think. Essendon do need to treat every new game um, and every new round from now on as a final, but also as a test for them um, to just try and win quarter by quarter uh, and just see what they can do to upset a few teams that are uh, interested in playing finals or think they're going to play finals. Um, as we know, Melbourne seems to be the hunted and will be the hunted and rightfully so. Um, so every team kind of wants to get up and at least beat them for the season. So I think we've got the same kind of... Um, issue here with Essendon now uh, that are out, but want to want to still, as you said, uh, bring some positives in for the year. Um, so the question is, do you play the kids? Do you run what's supposed to be next year's team? Uh, it's an interesting thought, but we'll talk about that more kind of in the next coming weeks. Um, so we move into Saturday, Super Saturday. Just before we move into the next game, Aaron, I, I, yeah, mate. Yep. I can't underestimate how proud I am of this club and the 150 years that it's fucked up. Um, yep. You know, I've followed this club since I was a four-year-old kid uh, through my family. It's very much a generation-based club. Like, I can guarantee well over 60% or 70% of the supporter base because it was family. And it's always been that sort of thing. Um, and 150 years, you can barely think of any company, you can barely think of any other sort of institution, even globally, that's lasted as long as what Essendon has and Melbourne and Geelong just before it. So um, just very, very proud of our footy club. Love them. Um, they give us they, they give us the shits. But, you know, despite all that, 
uh, they, they always give you something to follow on a weekend in the winter months, and it's a, it's it's just been it's it's a wonderful thing. And um, I really hope the club has a great night uh, Saturday night and all the rest of it, and and the, the weekend to commemorate what is an amazing footy club. Yep. Yeah. Um, here, here, mate. I think uh, we've all got to love, uh, and you can hear the passion and love in your voice, mate. That you really. You're really, truly hoping and praying that uh, the Bombers can pull one out of the bag and just get... It's incredible what an uplift gives you um, when your team wins. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, I've almost been a different human being in the last six, seven months after winning a premiership, mate. So after years and years of defeat and disappointment um, and concern, are we ever going to do it? I can tell you the element of surprise um, was the best thing in the world, so... It's a great feeling, uh, but it's so quickly you can be back, come back to earth, can't you? With a couple of losses, you think, oh, God, my team's shot here. What's yeah. going on? And, and, and as Lovey said, did I know what Lovey said? Sorry, mate. On the same, like, I, from age four, like, in that, that, the year of that ball we showed before, that's when I first started breaking for them. And, and for those first sort of nine years of me following them, they won, I think they lost two or three elimination finals. Then 83, we got to the grand final. I thought, how good is this at age 13? And we all know what happened there. And Hawthorne taught us a new one. Then we had a bit of success. And then we went through what we've gone through in recent times. But it's like life. You stick fat when you've got a belief in something. And look, I'm, I'm extremely proud of the club. Look, they've made mistakes, but everyone makes mistakes. So let's just let's just enjoy and be proud of what they've achieved so far. And as Lovey said, look, it's as much as people either loathe them or hate or love them, they are good for the comp. And when the big clubs are up and about, the comp goes pretty well. Yeah, and I think uh, me growing up as a kid with an average demon um, team, generally, you had to have a second and third team. Uh, and Hawks were my second team, Essendon were my third. And boy, did I see some unbelievable battles between Hawthorne and Essendon over so many years there. So, uh, mate, as supporters of those that club especially, um, I just hear so many great memories of so many iconic names that have come out of the Essendon Footy Club and Essendon families. So Davey Cosner, who's another great friend of the show, um, massive Essendon supporter as well. And if you're, like like you said, you stick fat and if you're a true bomber, you're a true bomber like I'm a true demon and you just ride your team. Um, and you're right, we do have some great times when we win. And we have some horrible times when we lose, but <laughs> all should be forgotten come Monday morning. But sadly, they never are because uh, you go to work and you cop a ribbing from your other mate that barracks for the opposition team. And that's all part of the sport and sport we love. So uh, I don't know if we've crowed a little bit early here, boys, but sick, New South Wales have made a bit of a comeback. <laughs> and already try down. So it's a little bit concerning halfway into the second quarter. We'll Thank you, Thank you to our channel on NRL correspondence. I'll tell you that. We crossed to the sidelines there. Um, so who knows? Who knows what will happen? But, Lovey, let us in if uh, if you see another try, mate, and they even it up. All right. Let's, let's move into the last couple of games. Um, we've got Saturday afternoon, 4.10, you know, the, poor, the shocking time slot, 4.10 on a Saturday. Um Dockers versus the Hawks. Uh, I think the Dockers have got to get it done. Dockers by 50 points. Yeah, I, I 
tend to go with, it could be a whitewash this one. Yeah, well, I, I the think the Hawks, the Hawks have been too bad in the last couple of weeks. So I know it is over there. Um, so the Dockers have just got to get it done. And speaking of stupid decisions, we do have to bring this one up as well uh, that <laughs> happened in the last 24 hours is is our man Frederick. Uh, I think that's him, isn't it? Frederick or something. Yeah. Um, sadly, he made another, he made not another stupid decision, a stupid decision, um, and he's gone and done, got on the drink um, when he shouldn't have been drinking. So look, they just got to be better than that, I guess. Um, as professional players, uh, there's a lot, yeah, a lot of negatives around alcohol and and football and those kind of uh, those kind of things mid-season during the season. I think professional athletes, um, you know, they get paid enough money now to just not be on the drink during that period. So, um, yeah, I think he's he's been a great player in the last couple of weeks, and I think he can continue to be. He's far. If he pulls his head in and does the right thing, um, you're never away from the media, that's for sure. Yep. Move on. Righto. Here we go. Um, so we, we second last game, I think it is. Should uh, be sick. We've got. Yeah, we've got a couple more. Couple more. All righto. Brisbane Lions. Brisbane Lions and St Kilda for the Gabba Saturday night. Geez, you know what? The Dockers. The Dockers exposed a few. Th- Brisbane um, last weekend. Yes, it was over there, but I, I'm not liking Brisbane's work rate, right? Apart from probably Lockie Neal and a couple of others. Um, I'm not convinced they're working as hard as what they need to be. And I know they're sitting second but, or third now, um, but I'm just not convinced. And I reckon this might be the... This is the sort of... I reckon if they, if they want to classify themselves as a contender... These are the games you win. And I think the Saints are a chance of getting up by about nine points. I'm going the Saints. Look, I watched um, Lockie Neal was on 360 last night and just a couple of his comments. Look, I think, he's as you said, Lovey, his work ethic is amazing. It's probably better this year than the year that he won his Brownlow. But I think um, too few are carrying McCann for others. I know they've got injuries with Danaher and a few blokes out. But... Just their work rate, as you said, against Freo was not up to the standard that they want to get. And then last night, listening to Lockie Neal a couple of times, he said, oh, look, it is only round 11 or whatever whatever it is. We will be right at the right time of year, which they probably will be. But when you start making those comments, it's almost like you're giving yourselves an out, which to me, I think it's a bit of a vacuum St Kilda, a bit of a free hit. They've been very good so far. And they've got... I wouldn't say there's nothing to lose St Kilda, but it's a bit of a free hit and a chance to to take a big scalp away. Well, based on those comments, I'm going to go with St Kilda this week as an upset. Um, I think St Kilda have got everything to gain and Brisbane have got a bit to prove. But I think Brisbane, you're right. I think Brisbane have backed off a little bit and I think you want to be banking wins. We all know that. It doesn't matter what stage of the season is, anything can happen in the last six or seven weeks. So you want to be banking wins. You don't want to be backing off. Um, Good form is winning form. There's no doubt. Um, So, yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, That's for sure. All right, let's move on to the next one. We have got North and GWS. Uh, Will anyone be watching this? 3.20 on a Sunday. That's, That's the snooze hour right there. How many who cares cups do we want to have on you? Uh, <laughs> Let's uh, go for a draw. You know what? 
Oh, let's just back north in to get a win. Yeah. <laughs> Look, well, I think if you are a betting man and gamble responsibly, they are paying $5.10 at the moment for a win. I reckon they'll get the win. They'll win yeah, $5.10, that's a good bet, as you said, gamble responsibly, because the, the other mob are just almost as disappointing. Yep. All right, then we move on to Monday. The big the big clash, the Bell of the Titans. I can't tell you how many text messages I've had from Collingwood supporters <laughs> that are right behind me telling me we they beat Frio, we didn't beat Frio. Uh the wheels have fallen off during this week. You know, it's all over for the demons. Um ironically enough, my daughter teaches grade one and she had a little uh student in her not in her class but in her school come up to her and said, you're not going to come to school on Tuesday because you're oh, going to no. lose. You're going to lose. <laughs> oh, no. And gave her, the, gave her the old go buys. It's like, wow. They're, they're an incredible breed, uh, the Collingwood supporters. Um, and talk about get behind their club. Uh, we talked about it, love for club and all that sort of stuff that we mentioned just before. But there's no bigger doubt, uh, supporter. And love you. I'm a little nervous the way you're watching the TV right now. Tell I me just, that was Queensland. 16 to 10. Perfect. All over. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to the Queensland Maroons. Um, Billy Slater, you are the man. I always said you were the man. Billy the Kid has delivered. <laughs> uh, uh, get the statue ready. It's going up. Game well, one. Um, the question is, if you can win away game one, it's very rare you drop the series. So that puts us in, um, and say us. Whole position. Uh, I've always been a Queensland fan because of so many Melbourne, great Melbourne Storm players have come from Queensland, so I adopted them very early. Although I used to love the State of Origin clashes years ago, all the way through from uh, some great players that have played through for New South Wales. But anyway. Um, Hang on, what were we talking about? Collingwood, Melbourne. We were. Collingwood, Melbourne, let's come back to that. So what I was saying is I am I was a little concerned, um, not so much about our back line. Everyone thinks our back line's half fallen apart, but I'm still a little bit worried about our forward line and kicking goals. You mentioned Lovey to me a couple of times that don't worry about the forwards, the middles. The mids are the ones that are going to kick the goals. I'm interested to hear whether you think that's still going to be the case come Monday. Yep. Still back or, what, or what changes? I'd still back that in. You okay. get attic now. You get you could mid back in there. Um, oh, look, your mids have had two off weeks. To be honest, apart from Oliver, um, Petrarca, yeah. Langdon's been down. Um, there, there's quite a few of your foot soldiers and the ones that I call player twelve to twenty-two who haven't been putting in as much as what they could be. So, if they lift, um, I, I think <coughs> they're still as good. Jesus. Sorry, boys. Um, Come on. I still think that you're going to uh, kick a win for if it's play the way that that should be. Um, one thing they could try uh, is Petrarca potentially forward a bit more if they're worried about uh, opportunities. Uh, I, I think Benny Brown's starting to run his, run his luck out a little bit here. and I, I can't see why Sam Wiedemann is labouring in the twos still. Mm. I think Back to kidding for the next, for the rest of this year to see if he's going to be not just a premiership player, but uh, on your list for next year. You got to I think you got to back Sam in uh, at the at the expense of Ben Brown. 
McDonald's out. So they've got to try and rejig something. Um, I don't mind Max Gorn up forward, uh, but that puts a lot of pressure on a second or third year player in, 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 in Brown. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think I'll still back your mids in, mate. They'll be fine. They'll keep the score yeah. for you. Yeah. I, I, I think Melbourne's best, despite the events of the last two weeks, what's gone on this week. I think Melbourne's best, even with. Obviously, as Lovey said, Tom McDonald out. I think I agree with Lovey. You've got to play Sam Wiedemann. I think Melbourne's best outplays Collingwood's best. As simple as that. Look, Collingwood have probably overachieved at the moment, and I don't say that in a smart ass way. I think you, you've got to give credit to um, to Fly McRae and the way he's gone about his um, first foray into coaching. And I think he's achieved what a lot of coaches struggle to get for the whole tenure of their coaching. The side seems to be playing for him, which is a which is a good a good thing, and that's that's um, turned into results on the on the field for them. But I think if Melbourne play to their best, as Lovey said, your stars are your stars, like your Gorn, Petrarca, Oliver. But it's your little blokes like your Spargos and Bowie who've probably been a little bit off over the last two weeks or so. If they get back to what they know, I think they beat Collingwood by four to five goals. Yeah, look, I think the players we brought back, we brought back four players, uh, premiership players last week that were a little rusty, but still did a job. They'll be one week better for it. The Like you mentioned, Melbourne's best is better. Um, the concern I've got is we're a long way from our best uh, as Cuz disappears. Um, we'll bring him back. I'm glad I was, had some riveting news for you, Cuz. Um, I'm sure he's back. Right out, Cuz. Still looking this blooming nose, boys. Sorry. Okay, no worries. Off camera. Thanks for muting muting yourself this time. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, uh, I think Melbourne's best. We we all say that um, would should smash Collingwood. The issue is, I think we're a long way from our best at the moment. So all I want is to see more than two quarters of effort. Um, and I'm not saying the demons weren't putting in effort, but it's got to start to click a little bit more. And I think. What I started to see was the Melbourne of old bombing the ball back into into 50, and that's not what we want to see. We've got such good ball um, kickers, um, left, especially left-footers. They, you know, We all know how dynamic a left-footer can be and um, can really hit a target inside 50, and obviously you've got to have the targets inside 50, but I think the lowering of the eyes um, to get that ball to the correct target instead of bombing it long, I think uh, is the secret for this week. So definitely one out of the middle. But Max Gorn, I mean, he couldn't lead any better um, as a captain. He had an insane game last week as well. And now he's questioned everyone else. My, my issue I had during the week was Petrarca's comments on the radio the other day. And I know that gets blown yeah. out of context really quickly. But the comment around, um, you know, the lack of crowd. I mean, Melbourne's never had big crowds, but the, it was kind of a bit of an off-the-cuff comment, but I think, you know what, track, why do you need to say that? Um, you played in two years of COVID, for God's sake, with no crowd. Any crowd there's got to be a bonus. And if you're worrying about the crowd not getting you up, then you should be a little bit concerned for this week because there's going to be about 80% um, percent Collingwood supporters there, given that it's a Collingwood home game as well. So, um just quickly, yeah. um, boys, obviously more so you as as a passionate demon. Lovey, you did mention it. Is Ben Brown in your best 22? And does Tom McDonald's injury give him a spot 
without him having to perform, so to speak? Like, who's in the twos that could come up? Obviously, Wiedemann can come in for McDonald, but is Ben Brown in your best 22? Love you, Frozen. No, my <laughs> old boy. Let you go first. Okay, sorry about that. Oh, I don't know why I was thought. I thought you were going to comment, Lovey. I'm just used to you. You let well, me go that, first. That's no. why I asked the question again. I thought, okay, they take the Mickey here. What's going? No. <laughs> oh, actually, I was looking at Lovey. I'm thinking he's frozen. Anyway, uh, no. To be honest, he was last year. Yep. Um, Wiedemann definitely should be given more of an opportunity. He. The issue is he can't seem to play. Wiedemann's can't seem to play in the same team as McDonald at the moment. And the concern around, obviously, they were hoping McDonald was going to be back, so they backed in Brown and um, McDonald as the combination. And that's not going to work. So I would honestly be running with Mitch Brown, and I'd also be running with Wiedemann and giving those two a crack for a couple of weeks. We've also got the young kid Van Ruin, and I think he should be given a crack now. Just just a game here or there, um, especially in the middle part of the season. And I'm not against bringing Big Magic in for a game or two and throw him in the ruck a little bit um, and occasionally a bit down back. So I, I think we've got a few there. There's no doubt about it. It's just a matter of it's a very interesting one of what the decision's going to be uh, to bring in. We seem to be, players we bring in, we seem to bring in a lot more of the Mosquito Fleet style, young, quick, um, multiple role kind of player. And I'm not certain that's the answer at the moment. We need a pretty solid structure. And I think our next three weeks will start to determine what that looks like for the back half of the year. So, um, yeah, interested in your thoughts on whether you've seen much of this kid, Mitch Brown, but I know he's absolutely lit up. Um, he wasn't amazing, but he did have a couple of good contests and as you know you don't have to clunk the mark necessarily and that's the issue i've had with ben brown he hasn't been bringing the ball to ground either he's kind of been ducking under it and lost his timing of his runs and i think he just needs a bit of a tune up in the twos mitch brown obviously came from essendon and a lot of where he's been the clubs where he's been at they speak of him very highly as a role player like for a bloke who's been in the system for quite a while He's actually very hard working and he's a very good link that sort of that to play almost he's torn enough to play care defender, but he almost plays as a high half forward at times, yeah, getting up right the ground and taking the pressure forward. off others. And during the sub months scandal, that's where he, when he came to Essendon, he, he played a, and, and kicked goals on a regular basis. Yeah. So look, if you speak to a lot of people, is he in your best twenty two? Probably not, but if you want a bloke to say, This is your role, Mitch, go and play it. He seems to be very good at doing that, giving a contest, getting the ball to ground. Look, I think Ben Brown, look, I, I think the Ben Brown that you saw at North to the Ben Brown you see now, look, last year, good when the he was getting the silver service with delivery, but I think whether sides have worked him out or the way he's getting the ball, well, I just think he struggled a bit, and I think it's going to be hard for him to find a way to, to keep his spot. Sure. Well, um, lovey. I think you can read the forward line. I, I, I still I still stand by that. Um, and I think, what's the name of that curly-haired young fella you got without his front teeth? What's his, his name escaped from again? Luke Jackson. Yeah, Lukey Jackson. I mean, yeah. he's starting to become your most important man in the because of the way 
back and forth. So yep. uh, I would almost put him solely as a starting ruck right now. Uh, I'd have Maxie playing it forward. I'd have Wiedemann up around the forward line with Fritchie. And then that way you can isolate Max in the ones a lot more. And then you've got three, you've got three, you've got space for three mosquitoes. Um, the thing with Wiedemann, he'll, 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 he'll clunk you some marks uh, or he'll get it to ground. Um, your point about Benny Brown. Uh, I still think Tom McDonald's spot in that team is best down back as a third, to, as a third tall defender. He should not be playing forward. He just, he, he's not, he doesn't, uh, I don't think he quite gets the grasp of making the ball his. I think he needs the ball coming to him as a defender, like Lever does and like May does. I think he's my yep. So, for me, um, <coughs> persist with Max Gorn up forward in the whole game. Find me a defender that can actually beat him one-on-one. You can't. Not even Darcy. Um But I think you've been let down too, to be honest, a little bit with your small forwards. They've got to lift more than anything. Uh, you know, Pickett's been quiet in and out. How you get run down by a potato like McCartan, I don't know. Um, it's just those sort of... You turn them around and you start looking like the dominant team you once were again. So you're not that far away. I, I think you just need to be a bit more mobile as a forward line. And Wiedemann, Fritch in front of Gorn and three smalls, I think does it. Yep. Yep. All right, boys. It's going to be an interesting weekend, uh, no doubt. And we're off to a flyer on a Wednesday night with the Maroons getting home. So that's made me smile, that's for sure, um, <laughs> as it is for you boys. So great to hear that Origin's back with a vengeance. Billy's done it. Um, front page of the paper. I bet you it's not tomorrow. I bet you they still find something else to put up there or put on the back page of the paper instead of rugby league. Like it should be. We've played rugby league in Melbourne for long enough um, to be able to honour what state of origin looks like. Sadly, there's not a game in Melbourne. Um, I wish there was. I think it'll be Righto, front or back? Let's take a last last option. Front page or back page or both? Back page. Back page. Coverage on the front page. Okay, I'm hoping for both. So let's see. Let's see what we end up with. And, and just. Just a shout-out again to Traps. Um, we hope to have you on next week. And Davey Cosma, where are you, son? We want you back. Um, um, Mark Burke, same, mate. Just... Berkey, you're welcome anytime, mate. We've got three houses uh, between us here. <laughs> uh, there's internet on at all of them. Feel free to <laughs> come over, mate. Um, we'd love to have you on reviewing some music again uh, as we move Um into well, we are heading into winter very quickly. If we're not already there, it's fresh enough at the moment. But uh, putting out, putting his bonfire together every ten minutes, he's having to go out and get firewood. So <laughs> um, and they keep warm up in those hills. Uh, so good luck to him. Yep. But, and perhaps is forever sick, mate. He's a Carlton supporter. So yeah, true. <sighs> yep, um, he's taking the winter pill. Like a lot of the other Carlton players, um, they're struggling at the moment. So once again, a quick shout out for tomorrow night at the Brunswick Ballroom for Recklink, a private function as well this week with the Cheeky Geezers and Gut Health, which is a ripping, ripping gig that is uh, Friday night, I think it is, and then Saturday night, Lukey Sinclair down at uh, George Lane. So if you can get out and about, there's three we recommend. So do yourself a favour. And check out this guy. 
<laughs> right, legends. Uh, love it. Thank you very on. much. We will talk soon. May your news be good news and good night. And let's hope we're hearing this. It's a grand.